Rusty Quill presents. Welcome to Ain't Slayed Nobody. This is an actual play podcast intended for adults and may contain material that some people find disturbing. Please see the episode notes for content warnings and listen with care. If you found our show from Graham Patrick's guest writing on episode three of the Magnus Protocol, you might want to start with one of the campaigns he wrote on. Y'all of Cthulhu, our first ever season, is a complete horror campaign in the Old West. Next, we have Bleaker Trails, which is in the same setting. That has one complete season, and the final season is coming late in 2024. And if you're looking for something shorter and science fiction, we have a six-episode Blade Runner series. Thank you so much for listening. We hope to see you around. Our Discord is slade.me slash discord. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So I just want you to all imagine rolling, boiling clouds in darkness, sea mist forming in columns, suddenly lit with strikes of red and gold light. Thunder, and as your mind's eye moves down these clouds, you see that what you're seeing is not thunder, but the percussive crack of shot and cannon. As you move further down, you're moving past a mast, the ragged tricolor waving in the wind, and suddenly a clamor fills your ears as uh, French and English voices cry out and scream. There is a body dangling from the rigging of this ship as your mind's eye continues to move down the mast, swinging in the breeze as the clouds and mist and gunpowder rolls all around you. You hear the clash of arms as sabers and pikes are clattering on the deck as one ship boards another. And as you move down and down, you see flames on the deck, a splinter where cannonballs have ripped the deck asunder and blown pinions off of the hull. 
down past the hatches. Soldiers' boots clatter down gangplanks, and people are speared and stabbed, and close fighting is happening in tight quarters next to gun ports and up against cannons, blood splattering on the splintered deck. Down, down, further still, it's deafening as you can hear outside other ships exploding, burning, screaming, papers scatter the floor, liberté, fraternité, égalité, steel clattering against steel as one set of boots tromps down, opens a door, and there is a man with bloodshot eyes clutching a package to his breast, wrapped in canvas as he looks up. No, no, monsieur, no! As the man draws closer, suddenly this wide-eyed man draws a pistol. And this time it is thunder. Years later, 1816. And we're now no longer at sea. We're in beautiful, rural, countryside England. Or at least perhaps it would be more beautiful if the sky was not eerily dark. There is still that same mist clinging to the sky, although this time it's not mixed with gunpowder. It is just an uncanny darkness. Perhaps uh, someone is striding down a lane, becoming increasingly muddy. Perhaps we see in their palm an invitation card inviting them to a ball at Budley Hall, the pride of Budley here in Devonshire. Perhaps that person hears in the thunder overhead an echo of past battles, an all-too-familiar explosive sound, because there is someone here who has experience in the Napoleonic Wars, uh, Captain John Stone. Well, Captain Stone is a man who, if you got to see him close up, you'd realize that he's perhaps not as old as he first thought he was. He's a man who carries the weight of years or a greater number of years than he's actually lived. He's probably only about 30, but his face is heavily lined. There's a weariness to him and a distance. He's dressed in a British Army uniform and... From the epaulets and from the uniform itself, you can tell that he is an officer. He's got a wide-brimmed hat to keep the rain off. And he still, despite this weariness, does walk with a military bearing. So as he prods along. Now, I don't know everything about all these party guests that are coming coming <laughs> to attend, but this is the, the social event of the year around here. Why don't we just kind of move around and hear from uh, James? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, I'm, I feel like I need to make an accent warning at the top. <laughs> uh, good afternoon. I am James Pym. And I am uh, here in London, but you may originally know me as being a Scot. I'm probably best known for being on John Keats' walking tour. And I am an aspiring caterer. I actually sent correspondence trying to cater this ball, and through some kind of mistake, I am now an attendee. So I'm very excited, and my travels have given me a bit of an odd accent that you may detect. <laughs> Is an accent happening right now? Uh, we don't know. We don't know. It's, it, could go, it could be anything. Well, everyone has an accent, Josephine. Everybody in their own way. We'll see just how protean this accent is. Oh. 
am originally from Scotland. I'm playing a historical figure, by the way. Uh, James Pym, who invented Pym's, the uh, ref- most refreshing beverage in all of England. Of course you fucking are. <laughs> he's trying to dress appropriately for this event, but he's clearly underdressed and his boots are muddy. And, you know, he's he's got a puffy shirt, which he feels confident about. But other than that, he's he's going to stand out. Yeah. I'm kind of here by happenstance and just trying to kind of rub elbows with people who may give me more lucrative catering jobs in the future. <laughs> oh, great. So so you're a apprentice of the of the catering and culinary arts. So as you've made your way down here to Budley, you attempted to receive a commission at this particular ball. And due to some sort of clerical mishap, you have been not invited <laughs> to cater the event, but rather to attend. Yes, I did bring some shellfish, just in case. (laughs) Wonderful. So uh, you are also approaching this uh, manor house, silhouetted in the distance, drawing ever closer. You can see its its windows lit. Candles are burning within, again, even though it's in the middle of the day. And uh, let's let's kind of move around and, and hear how Miss Emma Wentworth is arriving to this affair to which she has been invited. Miss Emma Wentworth, of course, is supposed to be attending as a guest. And so I'm imagining she's arriving in a carriage Mm. that she, you know, she is of the wealthier class. And so she is very, very concerned with her own appearance. She's very well put together, you know, every curl in, in place. She is very young. She's 17 years old. And she's traveling here to this party without her sister, who she normally would travel with. But she's currently having a bit of a row with her sister, who has stubbornly refused to participate in the courtship process and thereby delaying my own prospects for being married. Travelling in her carriage, she rolls up and perhaps if she spots Captain Stone, who I'm assuming she's familiar with, and then this other stranger who's possibly wandering down the road, she might offer the carriage as it is raining, you said. Mm, yes, yeah, so, and do you, do you accept Ah, uh, yes, yes, I suppose I will. Uh, having seen the, the lightning and hearing the thunder overhead, it's bringing back some terrible memories, and I think as the coach pulls up alongside Captain Stoney, he just recoils for a moment and then looks up and mm, shakes himself. Uh, mm, ah, Miss, Miss Wentworth. <laughs> you are positively soaked. You must, you must come in, please. I assume you're heading to Budley Manor. Uh, of course, yes. Uh, it would be a great pleasure to travel with you, Miss Wentworth. Uh, please, please do come in. Do we see James Pym? Is James <laughs> Pym also? <laughs> I'm going to say you do see James Pym uh, trotting along, <laughs> laden, laden with oysters. Yeah, lugging <laughs> this like really muddy sack. Oh dear. Normally I wouldn't offer the carriage to a stranger, but as you're here, Captain Stone, I do feel... A bit more secure. Yes, see, he does look like a rough sort, I, uh, but I'll keep an eye on him. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Leaning out the carriage window, probably. Uh, excuse me? Excuse me, sir? Yes, yes. Um, are you... James Pym? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, wonderful to meet you. I am I am Emma Wentworth. Uh, this is Captain John Stone. Um, if you are travelling to Budley Hall, we are also heading that direction if you would like to join us in the carriage. 
Oh, thank you, thank you. This this sack's terribly heavy. Uh, would you like me to put it on top? It does uh, it smells quite bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, you could hand it to the footman, and he will take care of it. James is going to spend like an inordinate amount of time doing this exchange with the footman, <laughs> uh, having some kind of conversation up there, and then he'll return. And the footman, of course, surreptitiously to you, Miss One, we're like, you're quite sure about this, Miss. <laughs> um. No, but the offer has been made, and so there is no delicate way to rescind it. As you wish, miss. And, uh, hitches the horses, and in a way, the three of you roll. Yes, this is quite an adventure. One doesn't normally get to travel with a tradesman in, in this manner. <laughs> uh, oh, are, are you a tradesman, Miss Wentworth? <laughs> uh, I believe he was referring to you, unless I'm mistaken. Of course. Uh, my apologies. It's nice to meet you, too, Captain Stone. Indeed. Nice carriage. <laughs> Just looking around. <laughs> <laughs> yes, after a walking tour, I'm sure this is quite enjoyable. And as you're, you're now riding up to the gates of Budley Hall in extreme comfort, uh, might I ask how Miss Radcliffe is arriving? Okay. Well, Miss Radcliffe might... Often sound like this, but none of you high society folks are going to hear her sounding like this. You might hear something a bit more civilised when I uh, grace your ears with my fine parlour. But she is well-to-do, appears as a society lady, little ringlets around the face. Her nose, always just a wee bit red around the edges. She's in a uh, soft pink dress. Her dress is currently hiked up and pinned so that it is not dragging in the mud. She has a parasol above her with an ornate handle clutched in her hands and she has a bemused look upon her face at all times. She's trudging through the mud. This is not her first thunderstorm. We'll stop and pick up another. <laughs> Let's put the four of you now in this coach, moments away from arrival. Let's actually have everybody do a no roll to see uh, which of you perhaps knows them the most about the situation in which you're you're about to enter. I don't know shit. <laughs> Redcliffe. Red I'm here for a good time. <laughs> I failed appropriately. <laughs> Captain Stone got an ordinary success. Okay. Uh, Emma also got an ordinary success. Great. Then I'll divvy it up this way. Captain John Stone, you know that the uh, current Baron Budley, Hugh Budley, is, like yourself, a veteran of the wars against the French. Admiral Hugh Budley, the fourth Baron Budley of Terryford. He has a, a reputation for being wounded in battle, bringing back a house that has fallen into disrepute in previous years. And Miss Emma Wentworth, I can tell you from the sort of knowledge that maybe comes more within your purview, earlier this summer, when young ladies made their debut in London, coming into society, a revolution took place wherein, well, there were many, many beautiful and, and accomplished young ladies at the cotillion balls. The talk was the, um, 
immense charm and handsomeness of the young Alexander Budley, the young son of Hugh Budley, who uh, too is moving out into society for the first time. And he uh, will also be in attendance at this ball. I think in the carriage, Emma won't shut up about Alexander Budley. <laughs> Super. So with, with that, you're, you're moving past garden hedgerows and and uh, as the as the gloom settles all about you you see uh, the footman dismounts assists you out of the carriage and you are welcomed through the doors of budley hall before i have left the carriage i don't know if this was the voice i did but it is now um <laughs> i would like to exit last and just you know do a little bump of cocaine before i attend this ball just for a little pick-me-up. A surreptitious bump of cocaine? Why don't you uh, roll stealth for me to see if this passes unnoticed? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just uh, barely. Wait, wait, wait. Can't I use, what, three luck points to make my stealth a success? Okay. This is important. <laughs> it won't be the first time. Uh as you lift the cocaine to your, to your nose, as one of the uh, factotums leading you in catches your eye at this moment, you're able to play it off as just like, oh, a slight sniffle from the rain. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I'm terribly sorry, madam. Is the, is the uh, weather affecting your, your, your delicate constitution? Would you like to sit for a moment? Oh, no, no, no. I'm simply attempting to keep the ghosts away from me this evening. <clears throat> Carry on. <laughs> as, you, as you wish. Right this way. And uh, he leads you in, none the wiser, as to the, the nature of your increased energy and very dilated pupils. <laughs> I think Captain Stone, just having heard the tail end of that conversation, looks around and says, Young lady, the ghosts will go where they may. Oh, don't I know it, but they shall not be laying a finger on me tonight. <laughs> Excellent. So you enter into Budley Hall. You got a little quartet off in the corner. Uh, James Pym, you notice that uh, um, catering is circulating. Um, <laughs> someone, someone has totally undercut you, or, or yeah. they, they've gone to someone uh, of a higher pay grade. <laughs> and uh, Miss uh, Wentworth, you notice that there are many many eligible bachelors, young ladies of all sorts here from the surrounding counties, and dancing will start shortly. And uh, perhaps you can see also kind of up at the back of the hall, conversing with some older gentlemen, a man that perhaps you, Captain John Stone, would know is uh, Hugh Budley, the Baron of the Manor. Yeah. Could I uh, do do a lay of the land? I'm looking for someone who is um, uh, well-to-do, but not too well-to-do. I don't want to compete for the highest catch. I just want someone attainable, and um, but who has money, but not too high, not too low. You know, just right <laughs> in the middle is perfect. <laughs> there is a hunger, a hunger, but not starvation within the eyes as they loom upon their pray as you will and today i'm all too willing to be said pray if it will get me a comfortable home for the next few months <laughs> great um to look out over this assembled throng and to discern getting very granular in terms of who you want 
to 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 locate class wise, neither too high nor too low. Could I possibly psychology this? <laughs> yeah, credit rate credit rating would be the most probably appropriate to 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 find out who's wealthy. Uh, uh-huh. I imagine James is the anchor on this scale, so you have a good reference point for the bottom. <laughs> yes. I couldn't help but notice you seem to be scanning this room, and I wonder if I might be able to assist in whatever it is you're looking for. Oh, absolutely. I'm looking for a fine young gentleman or gentlewoman, uh, as it were, and who would, you know, take care of Miss Radcliffe, if you know what I mean. But don't <laughs> aim too high, my dear. I've I've had too much trouble with that in the past. Yeah. Right. So so Mr. Pym would be the lowest. <laughs> oh, yes. No, I don't even see him. Nope. <laughs> yeah, it's a success for me. Oh, okay. Excellent. You can see uh, uh, someone fitting the description, uh, just like dipping some cider out of a bowl. This is someone who is uh, dressed well, but is um, is not downplaying their level of dress. It is it is fashionable, but it is not well tailored. Mm. And this this person seems to be like dead in the middle. If that's what you're if that's what you're going for, <laughs> yes. Then I will just tip to you, uh, Miss Radcliffe, that that hunger you mentioned. You notice it briefly in the eyes of um, Hugh Budley, the Baron himself. Oh. Miss Wentworth, who do you have your eyes set on? I would hate to um, compete so early on. Oh, uh, well, if I'm being totally honest, I uh, am seeking the company this evening of Alexander, the son of the Baron. Oh, oh, well, perhaps we can do a two-for-one, because I do believe the Baron looks quite um, delectable this evening. (laughs) (laughs) I would be more than happy to to join forces. Oh, wonderful. Uh, Oh, 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 Miss Wentworth, Miss Wentworth, uh, I believe that gentleman is walking towards us. Look, uh, best appearances. Oh, and I uh, sort of lean back a bit <laughs> as I as I fan myself dramatically. <laughs> as, as as you do that, this 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 fellow picks up his pace a little bit and and reaches towards you as if to to arrest your fall. Picking a pardon for um, so discourteously laying hands upon you, but uh, uh, it seemed to me as though you're about to fall into a swoon. Oh my. Uh, might I lead you over to a couch where you might be uh, more uh, obliged to collect yourself? Oh, no, 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 that won't be necessary, my dear. What is your name? (laughs) To introductions right away. Um, Um, Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But of course, um, I can see I'm I'm dealing with someone who favours haste. Um, I I, I shall (laughs) not keep you at a disadvantage for too long. My name is August Keane. August Keen, yes, 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 when I do not know you, a good sir, unfortunately. Nor I you. Um, I, you, you. You are keeping me at a, at a disadvantage, Oh, uh, so, miss. so sorry, so sorry. Yes, you may call me Miss Razzleby, <laughs> and Razzleby. I'm here. <laughs> yes, yes, and um, I'm here with my... my <laughs> Dear companion, um, and I'll gesture towards Miss Wentworth, but I wouldn't presume to introduce her. You know, maybe she doesn't want to give this guy her name. 
when your voice changed, I think the kind of like frequency of the fanning increased. And then when the new name came out, it got even faster. Um, and like, I think Emma's mind is is like, she's having kind of a galaxy brain moment. Um, oh, um, uh, my name is Miss Emma Westwood. <laughs> yes, Miss Westwood. Yes. Miss Westward. Hmm. Like the direction. <laughs> Quite. Yes, well, the name is Keen. I, I, I dare say I've, I've, not, I've not seen you around these parts before. And yet I'm, I'm something of a newcomer here myself. I, I assume that you've uh, made your way here to uh, Budley Hall to catch a glimpse of the uh, shining young Ganymede who's making his debut. I speak of none other than, uh, than, than the young uh, Mr. Alexander Budley. Are our intentions so plain? Um, Ross, can I make a... You said that his his the, his clothes were kind of like they weren't well tailored, but mm-hmm. they were like um, a little, you know, ostentatious. Can I make a fashion roll to determine kind of like <laughs> if this is a something that he picked up in a kind of like off the rack London situation or like where he might be hailing from based on his clothes? <laughs> please do. Please do. I love I love a Regency fashion roll. <laughs> mm, right. You gotta, you gotta. Um, that is a success. <laughs> Just a regular success. This is a time when maybe fashion leapt forward and changed at a rate almost more rapidly than almost any other in history. If, you, if you're in like the mid 1700s, you're looking at people with like the periwigs and, and breeches and hose still. And you look at this period and you have something not unlike the suit that men wear now. So this guy is like, he's like picked up that sort of Beau Brummel look of like the, the high collar and, a, and, and, and trousers. But it is, it is not Beau Brummel-y in that it is just not well tailored. He's, not, he's like not fitting into it quite right. So you get the sense from that role that like, this is someone else's clothes. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm sorry, Mr. Keene. I did not mean to um, interrupt you. I don't remember if I actually did. I did not mean to interrupt you. Oh, I don't think um, you did. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> indeed, indeed, I've been so rude as, as to interrupt uh, what, what uh, conference you had. Um, or, or rather, the, the little syncope of, of Miss uh, Razzleby, uh, she plummeted to the ground, uh, led me over here to interrupt you. Uh, yeah, but um, are, you, are you casting your nets this evening for the divine, um, the, the divine young <laughs> Mr. Bardley? Gross. Oh, you know, a lady, a lady never, never reveals her intentions so plainly. James did hear ca- casting your nets and thought there was something going on with the shellfish. So he's going to kind of try to, you know, walk toward the conversation, but not interrupt anyone. Yeah. Just to be clear, you still got a big, big bag of uh, clams yes. or whatever. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of like on the floor now, dragging it through, leaving a, a trail of mud. Great. Um, yeah. W- walk on over. Yeah, so I'll walk on over. And uh, I've been eavesdropping a little bit, so I'll say, uh, um, Miss Razzleby, uh, is, uh, have you seen the kitchen? Why would I have seen the kitchen? Just uh, the entrance to the kitchen. <laughs> Did you see the, the waiters uh, leaving the kitchen, perhaps? Oh, do I know where the kitchen is? Is that what you... No, no. Yes. <laughs> At this moment, there's a... T- there's a... <clears throat> Clearing the throat. Oh, no. (laughs) And as you swivel around, a rather tall and elderly, um, thickly set man in in perfectly decked uh, livery is looking at you. Sir, 
your bag is moistening the dance floor. <laughs> Might I be so kind as to help you remove it to a more appropriate portion of the house? <laughs> yes, yes, I didn't realize a million apologies. I, I, I was just looking for the kitchen, the, the receiving area. Right this way, sir. This man who you can, uh, you need no roles to discern, is a butler laying hands on your bag and helping you to scoot it off to the east to go into a servant's hallway leading to the kitchen. Okay, I think James uh, on this walk is having the realization that he's about to be put in a servant's role for the rest of the the ball. (laughs) But, you know, just coming to terms with that, he had his brush with uh, the elite. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I think he's already been made. Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What is uh, is, uh, Captain uh, John Stone doing uh, during all these um, chats? Captain Stone, I think, is going to, at the first opportunity, introduce himself to the Admiral. Excellent. So yes, as you as you stride across the uh, the floor, the admiral's like wrapping up a conversation with a gentleman who kind of departs, and he kind of regards you as you as you approach. The captain will give a, a slight bow, and uh, I wanted to take the opportunity, uh, sir, to thank you uh, for the invitation. Uh, this uh, I have been led to believe is the event of the season, and. I am very grateful to be considered as a, a, a member of it. No, you, you do me honor with your, with your presence, sir. And thank you for what services that you have done, for country and for crown. Mm. And he just stiffly extends a, a hand to you. Oh, well, I'll take it and shake it and say, yeah. Uh, uh, my services to the crown and to the country were nothing compared to yours, sir. Your, the, the tales of your exploits uh, against the Napoleonic forces are legendary. Yes, well, we come into this world bearing a certain amount of duty, I find. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And one must make sacrifices... Yes. For one's king, one's country, one's family. And as, he, uh, and as he says this, you perhaps notice something that you heard rumors of. Baron Budley's nose is prosthetic. Hmm. He might even catch you uh, looking at it. Yes, I have no, uh, no shame speaking to one of your experiences. The stories of my uh, labors upon the sea. It was this wound, here tapping his nose, that I had at the Battle of the Nile. Ah. When we crossed sword and pike upon the waves with old Boney's forces, there outside of Alexandria, it was a Frenchman's shot that took it off. Nelson himself rewarded me after all was said and done. Unfortunately, he was so blinded by his efforts in the late unpleasantness that, hearing that I had been wounded, offered me, for my trouble, a golden snuff-box, not knowing that I had been deprived of the means to use it. (laughs) I think there is that brief moment of awkwardness as Captain Stone is trying to work out whether it would be ruder to laugh at the joke or not laugh at the joke. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so there's a brief pause and then a polite and and muffled, 
indeed. Yes, but um, uh, thank you ever so much for your presence. Day shall be a, a, a red-letter day for this region and my family. Indeed. As my glorious son makes his debut and his ascension, I predict big things for, for the Budleys. Yes, yes, uh, marvellous. I, I must admit I, I don't envy the young man his debut here. I, well, it is a glorious thing to come out to society. It is also, I remember from my own youth, uh, a somewhat trying time and uh, one that I think can can make a young man quite anxious. I, for, for all that we've seen in, in wartime, you and I, this, the captain says, sweeping his hand across the dance floor, is a different type of battlefield. Yes, indeed, and yet I, I am of the opinion that while education begins a man, conversation, reading, and the social arts complete him, and while uh, some may, uh, such as ourselves, may find a battlefield such as this fraught with dangers and hemmed in all round by anxieties, I assure you that young Alexander is not beset by any of these cares. Never have I met a young man so rich in felicity, as I'm sure you shall find when you see him cut caper upon the floor. Marvellous. Well, I wish him every success. And I, you, and he is like, and, and it's that thing of like someone of a, a much higher status is like, okay, I've done you a favor. He's turning away by talking to you and yes. he's turning away now. <laughs> Can we see this across the way? Like, Yes, this is a huge open uh, ballroom. Lovely, lovely. I'd love to um, nudge Miss Wentworth and say, uh, oh my, uh, I'm so sorry, Mr. Keene. I... I do believe we are needed elsewhere, and I'll lean into Miss Wentworth, you know, quietly say, I do think that gentleman that you had in your carriage earlier is trying to swoop in and take Mr. Baron Budley for himself, and I can't have that. <laughs> do you mean Captain Stone? <laughs> uh, yes, 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 yes. Well, then we must act. We cannot sit idly by. Uh, tip my head towards Mr. Keene with, like, a waving away of the fan. Yes, you are needed elsewhere. I see, of course, you're needed elsewhere. Uh, and yet, Miss Razzleby, I assume that with the graces that you possess, that you are needed everywhere. Mm -hmm. Oh, my. <laughs> with these sort of randy remarks, very unbecoming of a social <laughs> occasion such as this, it is probably pretty obvious that he is a drunk already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, uh, good day. Oh, yes, to good days and better nights. It's okay. <laughs> it's just going to grab Wentworth <laughs> and scurry away. <laughs> In the um, kitchen and servant's pantry, where a skeleton crew is uh, mixing things up, the butler is kind of gazing into your bag in disbelief, like, oysters, is it? Yes, yes. Uh, young Alexander Budley uh, extended an invitation, and I thought uh, an appropriate gift as a a man of the seas myself. And with just the most impassive face, this butler's looking at you. I will inform his lordship of your kind present. 
next time you are so inclined to bring a creature of the sea to a ball such as this, I can only beg you not to drag it across the dance floor. Oh, no, you have me wrong. Uh, Captain Stone can carry himself quite well. <laughs> <laughs> this crack at Captain Stone is like a produces absolutely no effect on the uh, on the butler who stands <laughs> looking peering at you like a statue. <laughs> uh, make a listen roll. God, I'm gonna die right here. Uh, let's see. <laughs> on a listen roll cup. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have before. <laughs> that is a fail. Okay. You don't hear the matter of it, but in the pantry, you're aware that there are a couple serving folks in there, and you just make out a few words, just like, um, last night, thunder, darkness, ripped to bits, <laughs> blood, <laughs> still open. <laughs> oh, Reminds me of Keats. <laughs> so is there any way I can scope out who's catering the event while I'm back here? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Just going to um, set that aside. Going to set rip to bits aside for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> roll, um, roll your catering skill. No. <laughs> I do have 50%. I gave myself catering. You have a catering skill? Uh-huh. Yeah, man. Roll your catering skill. <laughs> while we're doing this, can we just clarify that these oysters are in a sack and that they're not in water or on ice or anything? They've just been traveling in a bag. It's just a muddy bag. Yeah. They're packed in the mud, though, so that keeps them at a nice temperature, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to be clear. Yeah. Great. <laughs> ah, ooh, 59. I-, I would like to, hmm. Use those points. Push the roll. Do it. Push your catering roll. Please push. Yeah, could I could I kind of uh, very abruptly kind of burst into the main uh, preparation area to survey everyone here and push the roll that way? Push away. Okay. If he fails this, everybody's getting food poisoning. Of <laughs> <laughs> dodgy oysters. I have indeed failed. <laughs> you have failed. Okay. <laughs> The doors fly open. You see one or two people mixing and chopping, kind of directing things. You see a man with a shock of black hair. Just a uh, pinch here. No, no, you fool. I, I, I chop, chop, chop. Uh, hastier. As soon as you catch him in this, he kind of looks up. He's like, what are you doing here? I should ask you the same. I'm James Pym. I am supposed to be catering this event. What's the meaning of this? A Frenchman? You are supposed. You are supposed to be catering this event. The uh, uh, butler behind is like, he brought oysters, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all color drains from this this man's face. He's like, you have insulted me, sir. Not only to enter my kitchen singly, doubly to assume that I am from the part of the peninsula of the French when I am from Lisbon, Portugal. It took me a minute. <laughs> Trebly, you have insulted me to bring these uh, uh, creatures of Lamar. How can, how can this be served? You insult me all these ways? I, sir, do not brook such insults to my art in this way. <laughs> and uh, he gets all in your face and he's like, and two such insults as this. Miguel Veragosa demands satisfaction. 
I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, it was, it was a misunderstanding. I have, uh, he's like feeling around to see if he has anything to offer in apology. And all he has is some notes that he's taken on ventriloquism. And he has this, this tome that he got from Keats. Uh, and he's kind of weighing these thinking he doesn't have any money. Uh, so he's just gonna say, I'm so sorry. If I could just return to the event, I was uh, invited by young Alexander himself, the young Lord. Make a make a fast talk roll to see if you can get out of this pickle, because this guy <laughs> is you have offended an artist. <laughs> Ooh, that can't be enough. Let's see. <laughs> no, that's a that's a big fail. Okay. You lean on the goodwill of this man. I tell you, I do not think you are who you say you are, Mr. Pym. No. I demand satisfaction. You have insulted an artist. You come to me through this door in the middle of the heat of my work, disrupting the flow of everything that I seek to create here. This which will be my launch into society. No. I tell you that I will defend the art that you would so abominably disgrace with your presence. Pistols at midnight. <laughs> I have another idea. Uh, could we uh, perhaps a, a chopping competition? Uh, we can we can chop bell peppers and see who does the finest work. I have only to gaze at your wrist, Mr. Pym, to know that mine is a more supple instrument for the chopping of vegetal animal. So... I do not think that you can talk me down. Do not think that you can war with me in, in the kitchen. I can tell that you are a, an apprentice merely here. No, I shall put hot lead into your insulting bosom when the clock strikes 12 tonight. Unless you are a coward, sir, I shall see you there. He's thinking, a lot of things are running through his head. He's thinking like, can Captain Stone, who I met for five minutes, help? Um, <laughs> the time is not now for gaping, Mr. Pym, but for finding your second. <laughs> he's, he's clearly cowering and he's, he's just going to look up meekly and say, I accept. <laughs> okay. Great. So you've been challenged to a duel by a Portuguese caterer. And um, let's uh, go back to um, um, Miss, Miss Razzleby and Miss Emma Wentworth. But what's that dude's name? Because I love that. That guy's great. <laughs> um, that was that was Miguel Veragoza. Amazing. Miguel Veragoza, yeah. Great. <laughs> um, yes, so we are clutching. There wasn't any, like, sounds from the kitchen, were there? Actually, there may have been, considering how heated that got. So, um, My God, okay. Well, it's going to... Uh, uh, Miss Radcliffe has a moment while we're crossing the, the floor where uh, she's like, her head is swiveling. I mean, she's been a little jittery this whole time, let's be honest. And, um, and she's like, did you hear that? I think there may be a uh, <clears throat> commotion happening in the kitchen. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Radcliffe, we cannot concern ourselves with what happens in the kitchen. Our place is out here. But what if an accident was to happen? <laughs> it's very enticing. I feel as though I have so much to learn from you, Miss Radcliffe. Um, lead on. I will. I will follow to uh, wherever your discretion leads us. 
to the Baron or to the kitchen. It's such a hard choice to make. The Baron will still be here when we come back, and I do not see Alexander yet, so we may want to sweeten the deal with a two-for-one when they are both out. Don't you agree? I see that you have a very strategic mind. Oh, yes. <laughs> I have lots of thoughts in this brain of mine. Uh, to the kitchen. <laughs> I'll sweep Miss Wentworth that way. <laughs> okay. Um, leaning near that door is a woman about 20. She is plain. Not unpretty. Of a, of a sort of um, visage that may perhaps fades into a crowd. And only in proximity do you become aware of her. And you don't need any sort of role to tell that she's looking at all of this with discouragement and a, a sort of like a cynical detachment bordering on disgust. Do I know this person? Let's say you do. If you're from this area, you would know that this is the young Charlotte Budley. Oh. The eldest child of Hugh Budley. Oh, Miss Charlotte. Good evening. Good evening to you, Miss Wentworth. <laughs> Have you come to indulge in the felicity that my younger brother shall enjoy this evening? Well, we all must play our parts, I suppose. Oh, we all must play our parts. Yes, some indeed will make their entrance to center stage, while some must linger in the wings. I've often thought that the wings are often the best places to launch campaigns for one's own benefit without <laughs> the prying eyes of society and those that might seek to stymie us. Are you a creature who would censure society thus, that you would play in the shadows and off its stages so much? Are you oh. so secretive a thing, Miss Wentworth? Oh, goodness, no. I was speaking more generally. I, of course, am, am very much a party to all of this. And, you know, I seek only to make my family proud and bring legitimacy to our name. Well, I can tell you that unless you're in possession of many, many hundreds of pounds per year, then as far as you shall get with my brother is not a deal so far. Enjoy what dancing you can have. I believe his betrothal perhaps is already made. Oh. Well, that is very good information to have. I do not, unfortunately, have thousands and thousands of pounds, but I do believe that my charms and talents may make up for that deficit. If you are a creature of as many charms as you say, then you shall find in my brother a good companion. Well... Miss Charlotte, it is always such a delight to speak to you. <laughs> yes, we were just making our way elsewhere. Sorry to interrupt. Hello, well, how do you do? Yes, hi, hi, hi. Another Budley. Yes, how very rude of me. This, of course, is Miss... Razzlebeak. Bar. Mm. Or Razzlebeak. Yes. Um, yes. I'm going to do a little roll to see if she sees through you. Can I contest it? <laughs> yes. I have an acting role. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That's a hard success for me. Nice. <laughs> I think Miss Budley regards you and is like, Miss Wentworth and I were just discussing how the world is a stage. Do you find that people wear masks when they trot its boards, Miss Razzleby? <laughs> I find that we all must wear our 
several masks, depending on who we are so um, graced to be in front of. Uh, how Now, why would they have such a uh, gem of a Budley as yourself hidden away? I am hid away, as you as you choose to call it. And you can tell she's kind of like a struggling. There are those, Ms. Razzleby, who see a daughter as only a baggage, a cost, a dowry to be paid. I am afraid my father is such a one and sees his children only inasmuch as the benefits that they may draw unto him and to his name. Oh. So that he can recapture what glories this name once possessed that were so squandered by his father. Oh my. Well, what a waste. You should be the bed of the ball, my dear. Should be, yes. Do you find that, that secrets are best kept? Or do you find a certain pleasure when they will out? Um, well, it is always a little <clears throat> tantalizing when the secrets start slipping out, I say. It does make an evening oh so exciting. Look, do you need, um, do you need a little pick-me-up, darling? And I'm going to, um... <laughs> Pull out my uh, snuff box that is full of cocaine. Just full. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I think that this woman is intrigued by you somewhat. Why don't you roll charm? Okay. Ooh. I will use two luck points to make it a success. Okay. Don't worry, I will join you. I would never suggest you do so alone. <laughs> and I'm also here. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, indeed. Well, if, if you'd like to withdraw um, somewhere where, where one may talk more freely, um, perhaps you could meet me in the, in the West Wing. Uh, oh, my. When my brother makes his debut, all eyes will be here. We shall not be interrupted. Uh, Miss, Miss Westward, are you looking to partake, my dear? <laughs> <laughs> that was my original intention, but I... I'm not entirely sure that that invitation was extended to us both. <laughs> I shall arrest your progress no more if you seek to uh, indulge in Signor Veragosa's art. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Radcliffe like, leans in closely to Charlotte. Sometimes I find myself looking for accidents, seeking them out. I do love to see the moment when everything begins to go sideways. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I think some secrets must come out, Miss Razzleby. And, and sometimes one must make sacrifices in order to be on the side of, 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 of justice. Oh my, you really do need this. <laughs> See you in the West Wing, my dear. I shall tarry for you there. Um, great, and are you going into the kitchen then? Yes. <laughs> great, so maybe this is just in time to catch the, the end of uh, the interaction between... Um, Pim and uh, Miguel. <laughs> Bring your second. If you cannot find a second, then I will provide one for you. I have access to pistols if you do not. James. Oh. Uh, uh, I do apologize. Uh, yeah, yes, yes. And he turns around, his, his face is whiter than his puffy shirt, and he just looks like in a panic. He's, he's planning to flee internally, but he's happy to see 
friends of all of three minutes. <laughs> oh, my dear, what has happened here? Uh, it was it was a huge misunderstanding. Uh, but oh. we're going to duel at midnight. A duel? I love duels. I oh. just adore them. I, I do not mean to contradict, but, oh, um, you must be Mr. Veragosa, turning to um, Miguel. You must forgive our dear Mr. Pym. He's a little, mm, simple, if you know what I mean. Oh, my. <laughs> he often gets confused and doesn't know what he says or means. There, um, okay, I, um, <laughs> would you, can you roll something to see if you can cool the temper of, uh, of this man? Can I fast talk this? Sure. Is this a lie? <laughs> oh, is this going to fail? Do, 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 do. I will. Why the hell not? I'll spend uh, uh, 15 luck to get this to a success. Oh, wow. That's the nicest thing anyone's done for me in a game. <laughs> oh, I was looking forward to seeing him get his shot. I know. <laughs> oh, he might still. He might, he still, might still. But, you know, we got to make an effort, right? Mm -hmm. uh. <laughs> I, I see him. There would be no, no justice or settling of accounts to duel such a one as you, Mr. Pym. It no, would, no, uh, no. It would be like a, <laughs> a, a shooting a dog. I cannot... Oh. Um, <laughs> there is no sport in it. <laughs> Clearly, you are chomping at the bit for a, a duel of sorts. And, um, uh, well, you know, I, I will step in James's place. I would be happy to duel you. Really? <laughs> Miss Razzleby, if you will do this, then I will be your second. <laughs> oh, lovely, lovely, lovely. This is a great turn of events. <laughs> you have done me no dishonor. I do not even know ah, your yes, name. Ah, yes, I see. I will take his uh, butcher knife and I will cut one of his vegetables terribly. <laughs> okay. Justice must be served. <laughs> <laughs> you try my patience, but you're not uh, trying to undermine me in in all my capacities, as I thought that this um this uh, wayward fool, Mister Pym, had done deliberately. But now I see is just a symptom of uh, of his wayward mind. Miss <laughs> Radcliffe, really, it's it's not necessary. He's going to let me off the hook. I think we can we can go dance, James. A duel is always necessary. I do not leave any ball without at least proclaiming three to five duels per evening. I see. Uh, uh, Miss, Miss Wordsworth, uh, uh, whence <laughs> wayward? I don't know what anyone's name is anymore. There are, there are a lot of names coming at me hard and fast. And there's a, a this, is, this is exactly what I'm talking about, Mr. Berico. So you see, confused. I'll uh, pull out a pair of dueling pistols to show James. Oh, no. <laughs> Damn. Okay, you got him. I come prepared. Uh, don't you worry. But, you know, while I'm here, I'll put them away. And then I'll reach under my dress and strapped to my thighs a bottle of brandy. And I'll pull that out. Um, uh, a, a, a token of good faith. James means you no ill will. And um, if you like the brandy, I'm speaking to Miguel now. Mm -hmm. uh, this is just a little sample. I have a bit of a side business. If you like the brandy, do let me know. I could... Uh, accommodate some more coming your way um but just uh, i'll just leave a business card as well what's the name on the business card is that a curiosity sandy's brandy 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fancy. Yeah. Miss mm-hmm. Miss Radcliffe, uh, you've piqued my curiosity uh, with brandy. Have you have you ever tried it with fruit? <laughs> By chance, it's it's divine with gin, but with brandy, I've it's we it could be a revelation for your oh. business. Well, I, 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 you know, I don't make it. I just, uh, I just transport it, you see, James. Ah, do not seek to dabble in culinary alchemies, Mr. Pym. There is no future in whatever concoction a mind as debased as your own would possibly develop. Um, as for you, uh, Miss uh, Sandy, I suppose, um, I do not know whether you wish to kill me or sell me your wares. Either way, you have shown me your thigh when you lifted your skirt to, to uh, produce this brandy, and that has won me to the favors of your charms. There should be no pistols today. Um, I am your servant for life. You have but to command me, and Miguel Vergosa shall go to the far antipodes so long as it is Sandy that does it. All right, well, that'll do, I suppose. I think our business here is done. <laughs> Turn around. Music and... is uh, picking up from out in the ballroom. and uh, Gesture the... to the ballroom. We, we, should, we should go dance. You're right, James. Where did our Captain Stone get to? <laughs> Where did your... What do you think uh, Captain Stone's been doing uh, during all this hubbub? Uh, apparently missing the time of his life. But... Uh... <laughs> I think what he's been doing is trying to gear himself up to go out and dance. But between the fact that he's a bit shaken up by the thunderstorm earlier and his war wound is playing up, that he's stalking, limping really around the edge of the dance floor, every now and then looking in uh, at the figures dancing and... and he steps forward a couple of times, then steps back, and instead, yeah, his hand goes into his pocket, and he starts fiddling with something in there, and pulls out this this set of dice, the, these two metal dice, and looks at them meaningfully for a moment, and then heads out, I think, back towards, not the kitchens themselves, but outside the the, the servants' quarters, outside the, uh, the, the house, looking for someone who might help distract him with a, a little game of chance. Outside, okay. Oh, yes. Uh, you, see, you see kind of some of the uh, footmen out there by carriages, you get the sense as you as you kind of look around. You have a feeling that you're being watched. Hmm. I think on that the captain will stick his dice back in his pocket, and he's looking for something more. Well, there's something that he can butt heads with, and if there's a feeling that someone out here is up to no good, he's going to find it. Great. Um, as you kind of move around, you can see through the windows, perhaps down a corridor, you see our group of uh, Razzleby, uh, Westwood, and Pym uh, emerging from the from the quarters, uh, shaking their head at their bizarre luck of the interaction they've just had. <laughs> as you continue to move, perhaps you spy into a very well-appointed library with a lot of old books lining the shelves. Just for a just for a second, 
you can see that there's like two building styles overlapping. There's a newer part of the house kind of enclosing an older portion. And it looks as though um, there was severe structural damage that got repaired at some point back. And you can make a history roll. I'm guessing a fire, but uh, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, cool. And uh, as you come around, um, suddenly there's a, a crack of lightning. You start um, as as you as, as you do when mm. when these unexpected percussive bursts occur, and suddenly there in a flash you see in the woods looking at the house an old woman with lank hair, stringy hair clinging to her face, her eyes like gazing fixedly at the uh, windows of the house. Her Garments are, are smeared with mud and clinging with leaves. And you can see, like, as in her slack hanging jaw, the, the tea colored teeth. As a, and you can make a sanity roll. Mm. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. That is a success. Just a, a person. Like, and, and you see her just like, <laughs> like strobed in the uh, brambles of the, of the forest and then dark again. I think, or even passing the sanity roll, that gives the caption quite a start with the lightning and the thunder and everything else. And the chill of the, the, the rain, he pulls... Actually, he's taken his coat off, so you know, he pulls his jacket a bit closer around him and he's shivering a little bit, not entirely from the cold. Pauses for a moment, lets his eyes adjust after the flash of the lightning. And then lurches into the undergrowth trying to find the woman uh, ma madam madam I, I, are you are you lost do you need assistance you're, you're you're groping through the through the trees tripping occasionally over over the closely set knobs and, and sticks twigs breaking against your your forehead and your hand comes down on a branch that moves underneath it and suddenly you are face to face it's you. Do we know each other, madam? We don't know you, but it's you what needs assistance. Uh, whatever do you mean? You all need to go. Get out of here. Oh, the sun, the sun's rising. The young Alexander's rising. But when the sun rises, the moon comes out as well. I've seen it. I've seen it. Soon the waters shall be blood. Soon the rain shall bring their frogs. The kine shall shall be slender. And only when we slay the firstborn shall all be set right. I'm not the one to do it. I'm what gave birth to him. I seen it done. I seen it, I did. And it'll come for you if you stay. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening to Ain't Slayed Nobody. For ad-free episodes, lots of bonus content, and special programming, please join our Wolf Pack at patreon.com slash ain't slayed. Or subscribe to Ain't Slayed Nobody Plus at Apple Podcasts. Nothing helps the show more than becoming a subscriber. See our show notes for full credits, and help us grow by posting friendly reviews and spreading the word to your friends and followers. Thank you, and good luck out there.